Good morning online. Yes, this is an allusion to Robin Williams' Good Morning Vietnam because I thought if I could personify this beast, maybe it would go easy on me. Welcome to my first podcast. Let's call it A Teacher's True Tales. My name is Rollin Haywood and I'm talking to you from my makeshift classroom in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. I'm a high school teacher in a Title I school in North Philadelphia. I've been teaching for 17 years and this year rivals my first year of teaching as the hardest I have ever worked in my life. Online teaching is more than challenging. It spills over after school hours. It invades weekends. It creeps into your sleep, interrupts your walks, shake your sense, and distort your lens. I could taste it in my meals and sometimes hear it in songs. It's like a living nightmare in my waking hours. Imagine, if it's hard for me as an adult, how much more is it for our students? Witnessing the downward spiral of my students' grades, mirrored by the nationwide statistics of failures in schools due to this pandemic, has made me think of ways I could meaningfully support my students in their struggles with online learning. As an ELA teacher, I can vouch for the transformative powers of reading and writing. My students living within the tensions and murk of this new normal need a lifeboat to rescue them because this forced immersion to online learning has forced them to learn to swim in these uncharted waters of virtual schooling. Unfortunately, some of them can barely stay afloat due to many reasons beyond their control. The novelty of these learning conditions has caught them off guard, just like it did to many of us educators. As we struggle, the empathy that I know the students deserve gets undermined by the work that was not turned in, by the lack of engagement, by truancy. Yes, there's a mountain of unsubmitted assignments, but I also want to acknowledge that our students are overwhelmed. Why is this happening? Yes, I know there's a pandemic, this pandemic that has shown us the depth of inequities. My seniors, Many of them work and many of them have responsibilities at home to take care of their younger siblings. To balance the demands of life and schoolwork without time management skills, nor without being taught information literacy, put my students at risk. Well, what is information literacy? According to the American Library Association, information literacy is the ability to recognize when information is needed, the ability to locate, to evaluate, and use effectively the information that they need. In other words, students who are information literate know what information they want and how to get it through thoughtful research. In reality, it's not happening. The ubiquitous nature of technology has made the students addicted to their cell phones, to the social media, to Netflix, TikTok, YouTube, 
anime, and many more that these overload make them too drunk with these distractions. We as educators can't just complain of these deficiencies because frankly, we have not prepared them for these circumstances. The marriage of technology and education is a union that commands compromise, adjustments, and grace, especially during these times as we make shifts in how to navigate these new platforms. Starting this school year virtually robbed me of the joys of teaching in the real classroom. How I miss the smiles, the laughter, the eye rolls, the wrinkled foreheads, and the raised eyebrows. Not knowing what they even look like or sound like puts me at a great disadvantage. Unlike the old world, body language and facial expressions can give me hints of these struggles and joys. While trying to think of solutions to help them recover credits and make up work, I thought of meeting them halfway. I want to hand them books that they can physically hold and write on and, you know, cover the standards at the same time. My involvement with the Philadelphia Writing Project Advanced Institute has shown me the importance of using primary sources. The focus on nonfiction texts can be merged with the novels and the events in the plot. I firmly believe that this is an important tie-in to make students see beyond the pages of the book and relate it to the events of life, uh, real-life situations and happenings. While the students are enjoying, enjoying the stories, the standards are covered and learned. So I am going to have a bibliotherapy project that would help the students complete their work using books that I got from Donors Choose. I was able to acquire books that I believe my students can relate to and at the same time help them see the different avenues to explore as they learn the consequences and the possibilities in the stories. Bibliotherapy comes from the Greek words biblion for book and therapy for therapy. I call this project Bibliotherapy for Recovery and Pleasure because I envision this project with the thought that in the stories they read my students would see their woes and challenges and critically think about their own possibilities as the characters struggle and face consequences. Books open portals and functions as mirrors, windows, ladders, and stepping stones that reflect and reframe the reader's experiences and worlds. It is with purposeful intent to use these books and relate them to the standards that we have to cover in the curriculum. It is also with the intention that students can not only enjoy the literary transformation that brings them to the world of the characters and appreciating the struggles that they are in, but also force them to see the different perspectives and the world around them. Many of my students look forward to these books. I can't wait to have individualized discussions with them and their readings. I look forward to informing you of the developments in the next episodes. As I sign off, I wish you well and may you spread peace.